Today, we, we're continuing in what we've been doing, well, since the beginning of Project Saul, and we're going through uh, Jesus' teachings. We figure the best thing that we can do is we can say, okay, there's this Bible and there's this guy that's it's called Jesus Christ, um, and he has taught us how to live. He had words that he spoke, and those words are very applicable to us today. And so what we've been doing is we've been going through those words. Jesus in multiple places has said, I am, and then he inserts a, a pretty cool word that illustrates a, a principle in life. Well, today, what we're going to look at is I am the true vine. I am the true vine. It's going to be a little different today, but that's okay. So just, just hang with me. I am the true vine is where we're going today because this, if we, if we let it, this can teach us some really neat things about who God is. First, I want to tell you a little bit about Aaron Havens. That's me. How do you like our name tags, huh? Aaron Havens, let's see here, where can I begin? I'm 37, uh, I think, or maybe 38, I kind of lose track, I'm right in there. I was born in 74, uh, and I was born to a, a Christian family. My mom and dad uh, were Christians. We have tremendous heritage in our family. Uh, in fact, my grandpa, who, who's usually here, uh, he comes every Saturday night to Project Salt, and he can't hear a thing. Like, he sits there and smiles, and he comes up and gives me a compliment, and I'm like, thank you. You know, I could just be terrible, and, and he gives me a compliment. I'm like, I like having him here. But my grandpa lives in Greeley, and he's mentoring me right now. He has started multiple churches in his life, uh, so, so he's been a pastor. You know, he was a, a, a postal man, and then he became a pastor and started all these churches. And um, I've got another uncle as a pastor. Um, we, we have a lot of heritage of, of, of being a Christian in the Havens family, and I'm very proud of that heritage. Um, so I grew up in a family where uh, I grew up Baptist. Any, any else Baptist in here? Anyone ever been to a Baptist church? I'm the only... Oh, thank you. Okay, yeah, I grew up Baptist. Uh, lot, lots of good stuff in there. Uh, lots of like, oh, I don't know what's going on in here as well. Kind of like any, any, you know, it's like, okay, so I grew up Baptist. And I went away to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. I grew up in Colorado, and I go to Virginia. It's a, it's a big Christian university. And, and I'm there for a year and a half. And now I grew up in a small town in Colorado. So when I went to Lynchburg, Virginia, I had really never been back east. So that was kind of a shocker. <laughs> and I think I graduated number 27 out of 32 in my, in my high school class. And then I go to Lynchburg, Virginia, and there's like 5,000 in my, in my Old Testament class or something. It's like, oh, this isn't good. So I, I was like, I was going to college, and I wore tie. I looked really nice. I was, I was doing okay in college, but God had put placed in me for some strange reason. He had placed in me a real passion to drop out of college. <laughs> and I attribute it to... My old youth pastor. For those of you that don't know this, um, Jeremy Ashita and Jared Ashita, who you never see, he always, he's always back there with the computer. Hi, Jared. Everyone wave at Jared. There you go. Thank you. They're brothers. They don't look like it, okay? But they're brothers. And their dad, Jerry Ashita, was my youth pastor growing up. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah? So we've got a lot of heritage here, uh, just the Ashitas and the Havens family. In fact, the Ashitas got some tattoos that say Ashita on their feet. I'm like, I'm going to get one of those. But, and, and 
So I'm in college, and, and I'm going, I'm like, I have a passion to drop out, and I contribute that to Jerry Ishida because he was just a wild, crazy man. But this wild, crazy man really, really taught me a lot of stuff in life. And what he taught me at a young age in Ordway, Colorado, actually Crowley, Colorado, he taught me at a young age to love God and to be crazy because <laughs> he was crazy. We would go to youth trips and, and we'd pack in his minivan and he'd go into the, the mall parking lot and do donuts to where the, it was almost tipping and, and then tell us not to tell our parents. And, I mean, you know, we do. I learned all these bad habits from Jerry Ishida, but what I, what I did learn is how to love God. And he put that in me at a very young age. So I go to college and passionately drop out. This is a cool story. I call my mom and dad from Lynchburg, Virginia. And I'm like, hey, mom and dad. They're like, hey, what's going on, Aaron? I'm like, yeah, so I'm in college. I'm not really liking it. They're like, really? No, we've seen. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm thinking about dropping out. And they're like, oh, really? Okay. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to move to Miami. Oh, Miami. Have you ever been there? No. Okay, well, what are you going to do in Miami? I'm going to start a rock and roll band. Yeah. They're like, have you ever played music? I'm like, I've been playing guitar for two months. <laughs> They're like, do you know anyone in Miami? They're like, yeah. They're like, who? Oh, my friend Slappy. They're like, so, so you're going to drop out of college to go start a, a rock and roll band in Miami with your friend Slappy? <laughs> That's a good phone call. I hope Zoe and Audrey never hear this message. Uh, my daughter, so I'll probably get this phone call now, right? So, so my parents are so cool, though. They, they know. They ask one thing. They ask this one question. The question is, is God asking you to do this? I'm like, man, yeah. So I pack up my little Ford Mustang with no air condition and my little refrigerator that you always take to college, and, and, and I drive down to Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida was very successful. Started a band called Lazarus Generation. I think I actually have a sample of Lazarus Generation. Jared, can you play Friend? This is such a good song. This is me singing, by the way. It's good. I'll sign autographs later. You got to crank that up. It's rock and roll, man. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Oh, it was so bad. We had to decide, are we going to, are we going to, we went in the studio, obviously, because we were that good, and we had to decide, are we going to record and make these on tapes or CD? So I've got a ton of tapes. If anyone, <laughs> I've got a ton. I'll sign them and give them to you. So that's Lazarus Generation. And during this time, uh, all I knew is I loved God. That was it. I was literally a starving musician, and we were a Christian band. So we'd go around, and, and we would tour the East Coast, as in, like, you know, four miles each way. And, and, <laughs> and we would tell people about God. And, and God did some cool stuff during that time. I mean, I didn't eat a lot. <laughs> I, I couldn't get a job because I didn't speak Spanish. You know, I was like, a white dude in Miami, are you kidding me? And so, you know, 
it was a cool time. I learned some really good stuff, but I had, I had a lot of passion for who Jesus was at that time. Then I moved back to Colorado. Like, man, it's time to go home. I mean, I did the rock and roll thing, and it, it didn't work out quite the way I thought, but came back to Colorado. You went back and forth a couple times, but as I was in Colorado, uh, I, I, I tried college once again. wasn't working out so well again, so I was like, I'm going to go back to music. So I moved to Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I stepped up my game a little bit. Uh, I, I joined a ska band. Anyone ever, you, ever heard of, a, of ska? Please tell me you have heard of ska. Okay, ska is awesome. John, get out of here, dude. Tell me ska is not good. Okay, I joined a ska band. This time I'm like, I, you know, my singing wasn't quite the best, I'll admit it. So I'm going to do trumpet. So I'm doing trumpet in ska band. It's really good. I'm working at Focus on the Family in Colorado Springs, and I'm playing ska music with a band called Time for a Haircut. Now this is, I got a sample of this too. You guys got a good treat. Time for a haircut. Man, that was fun. That was a good time. <laughs> During that time, I met this really, really good-looking girl from Texas. She was really prim and proper. Her name was Lauren. That's my wife, by the way. And during this time, I bicked my head, so I was bald. And I wore white and blue uh, suits. Because, Sky, you got to dress and look really good, you know, because the music is so classy. And so... <laughs> Fell in love with this little girl. We ended up, you know, getting married, which was, which was incredible. I wanna, I wanna, this was a pivotal moment in my, in my life. This, this band, obviously, is, that's called Ska Core. It's like punk and ska meet, you know, mixed together for those technical musical people. And we would go from Colorado Springs to Denver, and there was a thing called Tuesday Night at Your Mom's. And at Tuesday Night at Your Mom's, I have lots of funny names, I know. At Tuesday Night at Your Mom's, this, this youth pastor would put on a concert. His name was Larry. He'd put on a concert for, for kids that were gothic and punks and no one really liked. And so he would invite time for a haircut to come often because we loved God and we were crazy. And so after the concerts, we'd usually go to IHOP or Waffle House or just hang out and talk with you know, these, these kids that were going there. And I remember one time, uh, this is actually how we have a recording of this, Larry asked us to come. I said, Larry, we can't come because, you know, we're getting famous. We're going to have records and all this stuff. And so we're going to go to the mountain and we're going to record. He's like, yeah, Aaron, come on, man. Time for a haircut. Everyone loves you. Come on down. I'm like, we play there all the time, Larry. Just this time we're going to pass. And, and I remember I told Larry no three times on this particular week. Well, those of you that are from Colorado and, and probably all of you know that there's an incident that happened in a school called Columbine shooting. Columbine shooting 
one of the, the shooters was uh, Eric Harris. And Eric Harris just happened to be at the Tuesday night at your mom's the week of the shooting. That was the week that we bowed out to go record. And I had to stop and I had to ask. I had to say, God, why? Why are we doing music? Is it to be famous? Because obviously we're talented enough to. Why are we doing music? And it rocked our whole band to the core where literally we were broken up a month later. Some guys went to be missionaries in Africa. Some guys went to be youth pastors. And some guys just went, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, and I remember at that moment, I vowed. I'm like, music for me will never be about performing anymore. For me, it will be I'm doing music in church. Like, I just have to. The stakes are too high. Because we had to ask ourselves the question, maybe, just maybe, if we played at that Tuesday night at your mom's, just maybe one of us would have actually been sitting with Eric Harris. And just maybe that whole incident could have been avoided. It made us really question a lot of things in life. Well, to speed it up, I married the hottie from Texas. I had a lot of passion. Still young. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to be a youth pastor, so you do what you're supposed to do. You get on the internet and find a job. <laughs> so I found a church in Texas that was actually going to hire me. Like, all right, I'll be your youth pastor. So I went down there. I worked really hard at this small church. Then I ended up working at another church down there that was a lot larger. And then from that church, I ended up moving to Oklahoma City. And in Oklahoma City, working in an incredibly large church, um, focusing on small groups and stuff with, with the youth. All along, learning about who God is and serving with all my heart, making bad mistakes and doing some things right occasionally. And, you know, just, just kind of living life and learning. From Oklahoma City, God, God said, you know what, I want you and your family to move to Mexico. I want you to take, a t- take some time in Mexico just to relax, just to recoup, just to fall in love with me again. Because quite honestly, at this point, I was working so hard, I had lost my identity and what I was doing instead of who I was. So we, we go to Mexico, and we live down there for a year. That was fun. <laughs> that was a blast. My girls will always remember Mexico. And in Mexico, God started putting a love in my heart again for church, for people, for pastors. He really did a number on me in Mexico. So we came back into America, and we went to a little town up in Gunnison, Colorado, and I was associate pastor up there, really learning, learning uh, how to love people more, people that don't really see like I do, people different than myself, and really love people, and to really love who God was. During that time in, Gun- in Gunnison, Jared and Jeremy were up there living as well, and they both got married in, in Gunnison, two ladies, not each other. And... <laughs> Yeah, God began to speak to all of us. And he said, all right, I think you're ready, guys. And we began to put our ear to the ground and say, for what? (laughs) What are we ready for? And he made it very clear. He said, I want you to go and I want you to start a church. And I I want you to learn. I want you to take all your experiences, all the things you've done right, all the things that you've done wrong, and I want you to start a church. I want you to call it Project Song. And I want you to go in, and I want you to help change the way that people see Christ, Christians, and church, because God loves everybody. And I think we have a message that everyone needs to hear. 
Well, I tell you this story because we're looking, and open your Bibles up to John chapter 15. I tell you this story because all along, I wanted to paint a picture as to what God had been doing in my life from birth, saying, I've been forming you your whole life for today, and I've been forming you your whole life for tomorrow if you live, <laughs> and I've been forming you. And we get to this truth where, John, where, where Jesus is speaking in the book of John. It's, it's uh, uh, chapter 15 and verse 1. He says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. In verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Verse 4, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then verse 5 says this. Underline this. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain, remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And this next part was written just for me because it says this, apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I read that last part? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Have you ever had failures in your life? Have you ever had really good intentions, but it didn't quite work out the way that you thought? Have you ever been so talented that you knew you could do something and it was going to be successful because of all your education, because of all your experiences, because the numbers just add up? Have you ever been there? Well, guess what? I've been there multiple times. And guess where it leads? To me, failing. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If we, if we look at that, that metaphor, and, we, and, we, and what happens to a branch when it's no longer attached to a vine? How does it get its nutrients? What happens to it? It dies. And so when we enter life and we enter our daily situations and we think, I got this, no problem. What's going to happen? How do you think that's going to play out for us? Not so well. Have you learned this? And I want to ask you another question. Maybe there's some of you in this room that as you sit here right now, you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus. I mean, you're here. That's good. I'm glad that you're here. Hopefully you like the coffee. Hopefully it's not too hot or too cold. But you're here. God's chasing you. He's chasing you. He's saying, I love you. I passionately love you. Do you know that? I've got purpose and I've got meaning for your life. There's things that only you can do. Only you are created to do. John can drum and, and sing and play guitar and I can't do that. And so I'm so glad that John's here to do that. God's gifted him to do that. Just like that, God has gifted every single one of us. And he says, I have things for you that you're going to love doing. And I have a relationship with you that you're going to love being in. Being in. 
sit. Be still. Know that I am God. And if you're attached to the vine, life is good. You can bear fruit. You can grow. But if you're apart from the vine, you die. You wither. And if you try to grow apart from the vine, you don't bear fruit. I think of Joshua in chapter 7. Joshua, they won the battle of Jericho. If you know this in the Bible, it's an incredible battle. They, battle. they walk around, they blow these trumpets, walls fall down. It's like, this is cool. <laughs> they win this battle. So they're on top of the world. God's doing some cool stuff. Then we get to chapter 7 in Joshua, and it's the battle of Ai, or A-I, or I don't know. It's spelled A-I. And so we get to this battle, and they're just coming off this huge victory. They're like, oh, look at us. We can do this. They go into this battle. They send spies to this battle, and the spies come back and say, don't waste our time. Just send a couple thousand people, because we can destroy this town of Ai. We can destroy this town of Ai. So they send some two or 3,000 people, and they get annihilated. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what kind of you know, weaponry you come in with. I don't care. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I've learned this principle. Have you? Have you? There's so much joy in Jesus Christ and being attached to that vine. Oh, it's good. And there's this thing that I cling to every day, and it's one word called grace. Grace. You know why? I don't deserve Jesus' love. I've made some bad mistakes, guys. I'm not perfect. There's no pastor in the world that's perfect, <laughs> by the way. But there's a word that I can cling to and you can cling to called grace. And it's when God says, I love you. Doesn't matter what you did. I love you. Verse 5, I'm going to read it again. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's us individually. I want to ask you, are you clinging to Jesus Christ and are you remaining in the vine? Individually, only you can answer that. The thing I want to ask us corporately in this organization called Project Saul, are we remaining in the vine? There's a story, and it's, it's in Exodus 13, and in essence, it's this. It's slaves that have left, and they're now going into a free land, and Jesus says, I'm going to guide you, but you know how I'm going to guide you? I'm going to guide you by a cloud and, and, and during the day and by light at night, and, I'm, and I want you to follow that cloud because that's where I'm at, and that's where I'm taking you. And so if you go to the right or you go to the left and you leave the cloud over here, you're not going the right way. And so as Project Salt, you know what our goal is? Is to follow that cloud and to never leave that cloud. And by night when we can't see, we're following the light that God's given us. I want to tell you one thing that's a little weird about this church called Project Salt. It's a little weird, I admit. It's, it's kind of messed up. We're going to take time every year to make sure we're following that cloud. You know how we're going to do that? We're going to do something strange. 
we're not going to have church here. We're going to take four weeks off. Does that sound normal? Here's what we're going to do. The first week, they're called Project Salt, right? The first week, we're going to go away as families, and we're going to pray, and we're going to fast, and we're going to seek God as individual families, and we're going to ask him two things. God, do you still want us to be part of Project Salt? Well, that's kind of the second question. The first question is, God, do you want Project Salt to continue? Two, if so, why? That's the first week, praying and fasting. Wait, I did it wrong, huh? Yeah, the first week, dude, I missed the most important thing. The first week is a celebration. Do you celebrate a lot in life? Uh, do you? Do you really? Oftentimes, I'm like, yay, move on to the next thing. And I think even as church, we kind of we miss the art of celebrating. And so we're going we're gonna to rent Bobo bouncy houses, have pizza fights, and celebrate what... what <laughs> I've never had a pizza fight. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> We're going to celebrate what God's done and what he's allowed us to do as Project Salt. We're going to celebrate that first week. The second week, you go away as families, and you pray, and you fast, and you ask God, do, do we continue doing this? If so, why? Why are we here in Greeley? What are you using us for? The third week, we come together as a family, and we pray, and we fast still, and we say, God, what do you have for us in Greeley? What great injustice is in Greeley? What, what, how can we glorify your name in Greeley? What are you going to use us for in Greeley? And we begin to just get excited because that fourth week, and I, I believe we're going to go into a lot of fourth weeks, by the way. I don't think God's going to say, no more Project Salt. Go home. <laughs> he might. But we're definitely going to follow that cloud. And so on that fourth week, we get to go away. We don't know what it's going to look like. This is our first year. We're going to go camping. Family camp or something. One day, two day, a week, I don't know. But we're going we're gonna to celebrate and we're going to plan our next year. What's the essence of that whole thing? It's to make sure we're doing what? We're following that cloud. We're following that light. Because it is so clear in verse 5 when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. <sighs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know what? I may just be talented enough and have enough experience that we could grow this church, Project Salt, to be 10,000 people. I know how to do that. I've been a part of that. And we can do it without God. What does verse 5 say? Let's read it. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I want us to watch a video. For some of you, it will be a little strange. It's a band called Listener. I use the term band loosely. It's good. It's really, really good. For those of you that have the U version, you can watch this. It's on, it's on your phone when you go home. You may need to look it up and watch it again. But
but he's talking about a church. Don't let how he teaches us the story get you a little confused or distracted. Listen to the essence of what he's saying and what God's speaking to our hearts on this video. Here's another song. So this one's called uh, Wooden Heart, and we just put out an album uh, this summer called Wooden Heart, actually. Thanks. And um, I, I, I kind of had this daydream about, um, about this town, town of people that want to build a church, and they didn't have any wood to make it, and, and they're on the coast of this, um, this ocean. <laughs> And this, they made out of ship, shipwrecks, pieces. And, um, and I want to write a song about it. Sometimes uh, you just can't stop me. I'll write a song about something if I want. And, uh, and uh, so I, I started thinking about my own family and friends and uh, um, brothers and, and sisters and, and, um, and about how we're all just on different, you know, voyages anyways, you know, metaphorically, we'll say, in different ways. And we get caught up on different things and bits and pieces fall off but we can all kind of come together and make a piece make make one big piece together and make it all work so uh that's that's what this is about and i hope you love it. i'm gonna say it with my words here we go <laughs> let's get growing all right we're all born to broken people on their most honest day of living it's just our first breath we'll need grace that we never given well well, I've been haunted by standard red devils and white ghosts. It's not only when these eyes are closed. These lies are ropes that I tied into my stomach, but they hold this ship together, toss like leaves in this weather. My dreams are sails that I point towards my true north, stretch thin of my rib bones and pray that it gets better. But it won't. At least I don't believe it will. So I built a wooden heart. Inside this iron ship to sail these blood-red seas and find your coast. Don't let these waves wash away your hopes, no. This warship is sinking and I still believe in anchors. Pulling fistfuls of rotten wood from my heart, oh, I still believe in saviors. As we are all made out of shipwrecks, every single board. Wash your band like cookie teeth on these rocky shores. So come on and let's wash each other with tears of joy and tears of grief. And fold our lives like crashing waves and run upon this beach. Come on and sew us together. We're just a tattered rag stained forever. We only have what we remember. When I'm the barely living son of a woman, man, I barely made it. But we're making it. Taped together on borrowed crutches and new starts. We all have the same holes in our hearts. Everything falls apart at the exact same time that it all comes together perfectly for the next step. And my fear is this prison. And I keep locked below the main deck. I keep a key under my pillow. It's quiet and it's hidden. My hopes are weapon. But I'm still learning how to use right. But they're heavy and I'm awkward. I'm always running out of fight. So I've carved a wooden heart. Put it in the sinking ship, hoping it would help me float for just a few more weeks. But, but I'm all in out of shipwrecks, every twisted beam. Lost and found like you and me, all scattered it on the sea. So come on and let's wash each other with tears of joy and tears of grief. And fold our lives like crashing waves and run upon the speed. Come on and sew us together. We're just some tattered rags stained forever. We only have what we're remembering. My throat still tastes like house fire and salt water. I wear this hide like loose skin. Come on, rock me to see. 
If we hold on tight, we'll hold each other together and not just be some fools rushing to die in our sleep. While these machines will rust, I promise, but we'll still be electric, shocking each other back to life. Your hand and mine, and my fingers and your veins connected, our bones grown together in time, while our hands entwine. And my fingers and your veins connected, our spines grown stronger inside. So I think I know that our church is all made out of shipwrecks. From every hole these rocks have claimed. But we pick ourselves up and try and grow better through this change. So come on and let's wash each other with tears of joy and tears of grief. And fold our lives like crashing waves and run up on this beach. Come on and sew us together. We're just some tattered rags staying forever. We only have what we remember. Y'all, hey, thank you. Our church is made up of a bunch of shipwreck boards. Every single one of us. And there's a word that comes along called grace. God says, I love you. That's it. I want this to land in your heart today. I want us all just to close our eyes and really think about this. Are you remaining in Jesus Christ? Or are you doing life on your own terms, your own way, out of your own ability, out of your own strength? I've done that. It doesn't work out so well. Are you remaining in him? Are you letting his nutrients flow into you? Are you letting his guidance flow into you? How does that feel? That's true life. Because we know we're shipwrecked. And we know we need his love. And it feels good. And then he picks us up and he looks at us and says, child, I love you, I love you. Here's meaning. Here's purpose. Oh, child, taste love. This is what love tastes like. I'm going to ask John and Allie to come up and lead us in worship. This is our time. This is you, and this is God. I'm going to invite you to worship God in a multiple of ways today. One is you just may need to sit there, and you may need to think, you may need to pray, you may need to get real with God. We can sing and clap and tell God how awesome he is. I love worship, and these guys are good. So that's going to be good. In the back, we have three tables. They're all the same. Maybe, just maybe, this, this will be the time where you go worship God in the back by par- participating and practicing communion. 
And so you could go back there and, and you could take that little piece of bread and you could dunk it in the grape juice and, and it's very symbolic about Jesus Christ and how he said, I've given my life for you, my body, my blood I poured out for you. And if you know me, partake of this. And let it remind you of how much I love you and this grace that I've given you and it's so beautiful. And you can thank God when you're back there doing communion. There's also tithe and offering. And yes, we can worship God by giving him our finances. Giving them joyfully and saying, God, I don't hold anything back. Maybe it's going and it's praying. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's sitting there. But I also want to let you know on the back table are commitment cards, communication cards. Go back there. You can, you can say, I want to meet with the pastor. I need a prayer request. Or you can just give us your information. And we can let you know what's going on and how to get involved and when house church is and, and when, when things are coming on. And it's part of the body. And if you get it, like listener was saying, man, our hands are clasped together. And they need to be clasped together as a body of Christ moving together and being part of this vine. Because that's where true life is. So I'm going to pray for us, and all those ways to worship God are open to you. When you're ready, you can go take communion, you can give, you can pray, you can sing, you can do whatever you want. This is your time for you and God. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you for life, and thank you for giving us life. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. <laughs> it's good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand up and worship God?